I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found check battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit abyssbattery.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. I'm driving the same truck he is, a white rebel. Oh, you, you got a white one too? Well, I had a. Uh, I thought it was a gray, wasn't it? I had a charcoal gray one for about five or six days, and a buddy of mine saw it and said, I love that truck. I want to buy it. I'm like, Oh, really? Like, Here we go again. <laughs> right back to the dealership, swap it out and got another one. Yeah. So you like the white one? I like the white one. Did that you get is, the one with the toolbox on the side? Yes, it's so nice. Yeah, I, I, I don't have the toolbox on the side. That's a game changer. Yeah. I When I saw that, like, I was like, oh, I love my truck. And then I started seeing these ones with the toolbox on the side. And I was like, mm. Upgrade. Yeah, I I'll be turning mine in about a thousand miles. So really, yep. Yeah, I don't know. I love the truck, man. I feel like I'm driving a Mustang. Sometimes. It's nice. It's fast. Yeah, I love it. It's real fast. But um, the, the nicest thing about those toolbox, those things on the side, you go grocery shopping, you pop it open, boom, everything right in the side. Nev- nothing ever goes in the truck. Killing me. All my tool stuff in the side. It's great. Yeah, I'm a year and a half out on my lease. I like the coolers in the floor. Yeah, everything too. Yep. Yeah. Very nice. I like the coolers in the floor. That's that's actually my son's favorite part. Every time we show the truck off to anybody, he's got a you know six years old and he's got to open all the doors and lift up the rubber mat and everything. He's like, it's cooler. It's cooler. I put all my <laughs> spare. I put my spare clothes in there. <laughs> yeah, cool. Well, you guys are back. We're back. We're I didn't back. think you would ever come back, but here you are. <laughs> You've returned back to the Connected by Water Tournament Talk Edition, sponsored by, presented by Joey Carty. Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Got it. So I want to say something about that, though, because we just talked about our Rebel trucks, and we talked about your future Ram truck. I've got a Ram. I just don't have no, all this No, I know, but you're going to get another yeah. one. Oh, without a doubt. Right? So um, go see Dean. Dean's the man. Dean right? is the I've man. been sending people to Dean. Dean will hook you up. Drop my name. Tell him I sent you, and um, he'll give you the best deal possible. So... All those guys at Joey Cardi are top notch. The service level top notch. Sellers, salesmen, top notch. Everything. You know what's nice about it? You go, you feel comfortable with them. You walk in there, uh, dude. I felt good within ten minutes. Yeah, that's the one. Paperwork done. Out that's of here. the thing. Yep. You know when when I went there, it was really really very yep. very smooth the whole mm-hmm. thing. You know, and if anything, you know, if you needed anything, they were there for you. And if you want pizza, you want a drink, whatever, they'll get it for you. Yeah, so. first class all the way. Yeah, I've sent. So. I've probably sent eight or ten guys there in the past 
six months or so. Yeah. Everybody had the same experience. You know what's missing, though? There's no damn waffle maker. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you they get a waffle maker in there somewhere. <laughs> Probably do something. No doubt. Yeah. We'll get to the waffle maker in a little bit, but I wanted to thank you guys for coming back. All right? And uh, here we go. Been Still been rough out. It's you guys been, look like you guys have been beat up seven been, times over. Miserable. I'm bruised. I got bruised uh, up and down my arms and my hips. You and, seen Jim Oliver's pictures? No. He was on that boat that stuffed that. That was them? Yeah. Oh, nice. They did beat him up bad. Beat the what boat happened? up. Bad. I saw that pic, the one picture you shared where your tower is kind of the only thing you can see. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. just, I don't even know who took that picture. I just, it just showed up on a text string there yesterday. Steel found it somewhere. J- Jason oh, took that picture of Gascon. Oh, yeah. No, well, did he? Yeah. yeah. Really? I would have I would have given him credit if I'd have known that. Well, we're giving him credit now. There you go. Jason Gascoigne. Follow him on Facebook. I don't think he's smart enough to be on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, oh, Jay. Just kidding, dirty. Jay. We yeah. make fun of Jay. We make fun yeah. of it. It's cool. It's all good. It's all yeah. good. So tell me some stories. Wind, big oceans. You know, the truth be told, the derby, the wind blew, blew harder, and in the ocean, it was rougher in the derby than it was in, yeah, in Bunch. Yeah, for sure. It. It just we timed out tide wise. It was well. You said the inlet. Was, I remember you made the comment. You said that was probably the roughest you've ever seen the inlet. That That's was the an operation ever seen Palm Beach. That was Operation Selfish Day yeah. Two, yeah. correct? Well, you want to hear how dumb I am though. Day one of the Derby, which was the week before Operation Sailfish, we had inbound tides in the morning. I said, hey, well, they they let us loose at six thirty. All I gonna do? I was gonna go to Jupiter. I steam up the ditch. Everybody's comfortable, and it's a, a big part of my program is. Keep people happy and keep them mm-hmm. as comfortable as long as possible. Get the attitude where you want it, and everything's going to go right. Well, I figured I could get out of uh, of Jupiter Inlet just shortly before 7.30 if I checked out at 6.30. Take me an hour to get up there. And it was perfect. We get to mouth of Jupiter Inlet. Inbound tide, it's barreling across the thing. It was enormous. Oh, shit. I screwed up bad. Really? It took us 45 minutes to get from the mouth of Jupiter Inlet to 100 feet of water. Come on. Straight into it. It was so jacked up and so wow. nasty. Yep. But and it, every wave mattered, it sounded yeah, like. And, and at, at no point was it dangerous, but it was just, you know, you're, I'm five or six nodding. It just, just nasty, horrible. So that was a really bad decision. And the next day, it was blowing harder for longer. The waves were bigger. Yeah. And went out of Lake Worth Inlet, and I was in Jupiter in 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Right in the trough and let her eat. Yep. Yeah, what a bad decision. But at least it is. Uh, you did good on day one. Him. We did, yeah. We won the day on day one in in, in the derby there. And on that one, it was there was there was two schools of thought there. What the heck was that? Yeah, that was my phone. <laughs> Oops. Sorry about that. All good. Yes, it wasn't me this time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there were two schools of thought that I was running on in uh, day one of the of the Derby. There, it was the, the traditional inshore. There was a little bit of North Current. The water was green everywhere, but the inshore, you know, the hundred, uh, the ledge, and you know, the hundred to hundred and thirty foot stuff there out from the Jupiter Inlet, and and I'll, it seemed like a lot of the big boats were in there and were able to get some bites. It wasn't red hot for anybody really. It was the fishing wasn't great, but. There was a faint, a f- super, super faint edge in 200 foot of water, or just outside of it was like 205, that that would kind of show, come and go, come and go. But if you sat in it, you'd, you'd get bit. And then there were some little flippers, little bullet bonitas and stuff that would show up in there. And, and I opted to, to do that. And we sat in 205 and watched boats get bit inside of there and did our and just picked and picked. We had two doubles, caught one of the doubles, and 
and caught one out of two on uh, on the other double there for nine out of ten in a substantially rough ocean. Did you? Right. I mean, the guys did a phenomenal job. It never had anything getting the wheels, and and that's the key on that rough stuff because you, you're one, you're getting your ass kicked, and it's so easy to get frustrated. It's so hard to keep you know the the momentum rolling in that rough ocean. And, and that day they did so well, it was, was never an issue. Uh, it, it, what was interesting about it too, is it seemed like the inshore fish, you could watch it progress. The fish would be southbound and, and you'd see guys getting bit on the North kite. Well, offshore, I don't know, 200 foot, they were going the other way. I was, I'd, I'd get bit on my left side and I could jump them back to the North real quick and, and pick up another bite or two. And I don't think anybody else was really recognizing that because they'd see me get bit and they'd loop around to the South Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, I pump up, jump to the north real quick, and and get bit again. And, yeah. And 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 I never noticed anybody else really working that. That worked on day one. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, well, I think that goes a lot back to some of the stuff we said earlier about you know not everything notices everything yeah. that art notices. So I mean, no, I mean that's it's the truth, you know. It, well, that was that. Moment. <clears throat> That that day, that moment, we it didn't work out so well, and yeah. <laughs> How does he? Well, I mean, I was yeah. watching you guys on on the, the live scoring and everything. It was kind of you know pulling for you, but you know, yeah. hey, you know, what are you, you you know you're working hard, and it just you know, wasn't in yeah. the cards. Well, it, the, to to work through the whole deal there, that was, day one was like I said, it was perfect. And and what was interesting about that deeper edge, the mahis and everything else, you see the black fintunas, they were doing the feeding into the current thing, everything Were else. Were you catching a lot of meat? Oh, dude, the, I've never seen so many blackfin tunas. Really? Black, and up there. You, how'd you, do you guys catch a lot of meat that, on the tournaments? Caught a bunch of dolphins. Really? Yeah. 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 You know, it's, uh, it was fun. It was fun. It really was fun fishing. The fact that it blown so damn hard. <laughs> and 50 waves over the bow just sitting dead just still. ridiculous. Constantly wave yeah. breaking over the bow. Just, you're just sitting there. Not like you're driving into them. It's just... And wow. Guys I saw standing, a lot of some yeah. Steve-O's videos, too, coming through, too, when he was, like, kind of going live. Yeah, he destroyed like, the phone. Oh, my God. <laughs> <He did. laughs> That's what he said. Nice. He's like, text me, your, text me if you think that um, that I, I should have your number and <laughs> message me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. No, yeah. I, was, I, wasn't, uh, I wasn't jealous. <laughs> That's for See, sure. I, we had, I was on Southern Runner for that when we fished the 41 Bahama the first day, mm-hmm. which was a horrible decision. <laughs> Guys got a 64 bailiffs when we, fixed, we fished the, uh, the Bahama. Yep. So going out. We ended up uh, a huge wave came off this huge wave, set the stern down, blew a motor, blew a power head coming down. It was just it was a miserable day. So all right, looks like we're fishing here. Stop, put them up. We caught like a thirty pound dolphin right away. <laughs> we're fishing here. So we we had the, the biggest fish of the tournament going into the very like the last fish they got weighed. Oh, <laughs> on, oh yeah, no, really? On day two, but I think we only caught one on day one. We sucked ass, but then we got it rolling on day two. Had a little bit of a roll going and. Not enough to do anything in the tournament, but yeah. it was good for morale. Yep, yeah. and that's that's key, dude. I think Keep we caught I think we caught four or five on day two. But yep. What, oh, what, what, what one? Twelve? That tournament? Uh, I can't remember. Bar South I mean. ended up winning. No, no, Bar uh, South won Operation. Not operation. No, uh, I'm getting them. To, I'm getting them too confused here. Yeah, Jamie won. Jamie won twelve. If, I think it was more than that. No, because he caught. I thought he, no, he caught, caught 14. seventeen. He caught seventeen. I caught fourteen. Was it? Yeah. So that was the interesting thing on day two, and it, I'm still kicking myself about this. Day two, I I had a parking spot where I was setting up on a really good piece of bottom, and sat there ten minutes before lines in. I motor over to it, and a couple of boats set in. I mean, too close to the north. It was, yeah. it, 
And instead of jumping back to the south and getting there a few minutes after line's in, I jumped them to the north and start midway through that little piece of water that I wanted to try to work through, that piece of bottom that I wanted to work through, where that faint little edge was still there, maybe even weaker than it was the day before. But there was a little more current, though, so I was hopeful. And we got bit right away. Immediately had two fish up, right long gets bit, and it's a four-line tournament, so you're right long, right short, you know, left long, left short. Fish shows up on the right long, clearly uh, doing the northbound feeding thing, and starts working in. Well, I've got another fish trying. He's kind of shopping me on the on the right short. And the fish loops all the way around, loops around that thing. And, I mean, it's it's the long fish, so it's feeding to the north. So if he comes tight, he's going to mow down through the right long. He's going to mow down through the right short. We're never going to get bit on this one. Right. So we just keep dumping it. The fish doesn't care. I'm watching him swim around out there all over the place. He loops all the way around the thing. Eventually, screw it, dude. We got, we're got. we not going to get bit on the second fish. We've man. lifted the others, casting spinners. He's just not going to eat. Yeah. So get tight. It, there was so much line in the water. The fish starts jumping while we're getting tight, and, and we fight him for maybe – I don't think we ever actually got all the way tight to the fish, and he comes off. First fish, I mean, minutes into the tournament, and – it's rougher than shit. Everybody's soaking us wet and then morale. Yeah, really. The balloon, <laughs> the balloon just explodes when yep. something like that happens. You can, yeah. you can feel it. But, and, and, and then, we, you know, I'm seeing these boats and there's a, there's a more consistent, at least what appeared to me, and I think this is me making a mistake again, appeared to be a more consistent, southerly, normal, traditional bite scenario going inshore. So I, I, and, and I talked to Uncle Ben there and he'd had like seven bites already in the time I get this these two fish up and and I should have stuck. I should have kept doing what was working, but I, I run on in there and it took us a while to get bit. There's so much fishing and so much rough and that it, it's, it's hard to remember exactly. Especially but. in those conditions though, it's really tough mm-hmm. to armchair quarterback the thing. Yeah. You know, like look back, yeah. should have, could have, would have. I mean, well, you've got to though. You know, other way of learning, but yeah, no, but no, we're learning, yeah, but, it, but learn. you can't like kick yourself yeah. though in the moment. Of course Just, you can. Well, no, man, you, you made a decision for a reason. Yeah. Right? What if that decision worked out? Yeah. You don't know. Well, it, it, it could have, it could have worked out. We'd had been nearly perfect in on the second day, but, and we did go in there and we started, we got some bites and, and again, the, the roughness, I think the second day took its toll or more guys were moving a little slower. I was certainly not making quick and and right and good decisions quickly enough to to recover from some scenarios where snafus were occurring and to sum it all up Jamie and I both kind of recognized something going on there a little north of where everybody had been fishing and and I, I somehow managed to find myself on the point the north of them mm-hmm. and a giant pack of fish shows up we hook a triple get shopped on the fourth bait by several that were there and for whatever reason didn't eat Snafu, we catch one. Pack shows up on him right over there. He catches a quad, and that's where we take the lead with that one. He catches a quad and jumps us for three fish. Oh, man. We go to fourteen. From he's at thirteen. We're both at thirteen, but he was ahead of us on time. We go to fourteen with that one. We catch out of that triple. Yeah, he catches the quad, and then for forty-five minutes we sit around twiddling thumbs. With, Goes to seventeen, and then yeah. I, I don't know if there was there may there might have been one or two more fish caught for the whole tournament. Yeah, like all said. Yeah. And I think there was another scenario. There was on several occasions in both tournaments where I said, it's so damned rough. I know I could run back down there and get bit, but, man, is that going to be hard on me and everybody else in the yeah. boat? And, and if it doesn't work out, then— And how long yeah. is it going to take? How much right. time I—and so I just end up not doing it and then and never get bit again. So, it, and it, lines out and you're— like, like, well, You were talking about—I I forgot it. See, all the tournaments run together. I forgot Jamie mm-hmm. won— 
at the end of the day on day one. So we lost the motor. Then I lost steering like half of the power steering yeah. half of the day. Yeah, you got motor so down. So I'm, you talking, lost your steering so I'm too? talking to Jamie, right? Jamie, we're both in the same spot. He moved in shore <laughs> to like 130. Everybody was fishing deep. I saw him get bit, then bit again. So I, I start motoring in shore. I get to like 130, and we hook. I think it was a quad. I think we hooked. I actually had four bites, but we hooked a triple. And these fish are going all different directions, and I got no steering. I can't move on them. So everything's <laughs> two motors. <laughs> so everything's stretched all over the place. So we we get to wow. within like it's a tip tournament. So we get within like a foot of the tip. Couldn't couldn't quite get it. Fish takes off. That one gets sharked. Then the one way offshore pulls off, and we we end up catching one of them. But I'm just like, oh man. And that's it, another thing to keep talking it's crushing, about. Crushing man, the shark, shark, so yeah. bad. We've been fortunate. We haven't lost a sailfish to any of them yet this year, but I've been a witness to it. Boats right over there and mm-hmm. big pool of Kool-Aid and giant explosion. Yep. Jump, jump, dolphins, jump, boom. Uh, dolphin. I mean, all kinds of stuff getting eaten. At yeah, the sharks, the sharks are super bad. Horrific. You know, I mean, they're Boca we, right we, now. We, we've talked about this before where it's like all the, you know, the, the you know, save the sharks and you don't need to save shit. Not in this country. Now, yeah. there are places in the world that absolutely need well, the, them. In the this Japan country, fishery, obviously. Yeah. You know, when they're just chopping off fins. And well, there's the there's water, a lot of know. places where if it swims, it dies because yeah. somebody's going to eat it. And it's got eyes, it dies. <laughs> in that scenario, I mean, he's, they're feeding, surviving off of it. So I kind of understand if, if you can get it and you can eat it, get it. Well, there's yeah. surviving and there's exploiting. I mean, there's plenty yeah, of exploiting. Yeah, well. so, yeah. Sharks, yeah. The sharks are bad for sure. So bad. The, so bad. Um, we and, didn't. And we're talking we, about guys that get on their fish. I mean, we if a, if we're fighting a fish for more than five minutes, something's gone desperately wrong. Yep. Can you imagine the traditional guys that are dead boating these things? They don't stand a chance. Every one of them's going to no. get eaten. Yeah. If not on the hook, the second they release that thing, it's tired. It's done. Yep. It's I, dead. I definitely saw in Operation Sailfish at least two or three of our fish out of sight, gone, gone, gone. God, that's terrible. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and I got a bit of good news. I just started doing some. Gray taxidermy mm-hmm. is spending a ton of money with their fish tag research. Yeah, yeah. There's there's no there's no upside to that for them. None, mm-hmm. zero. Right. Other than you know positive press, but it's a great company anyway. They don't need that. But right. spending a ton of they're employed. They've employed two people that I know of for sure. That's all they do. They, they, there's no revenue income from them. That's Grace paying them to do all this research, keep track of all this stuff, and it's so simple. But We've tagged four sales now and just started last week. Mm-hmm. One of them just got recovered in, in Isla Mirada, perfectly healthy. They're oh, in the right. cool. tournament. Four days after we tagged the thing. Four days? Four days tagged it in Del Rey. Uh, four days cool. later, it's in Isla Mirada. That's cool. Yeah. I love hearing cool. that. Yeah. yeah. How long have they been doing that fish tag research for? As far as I know, a week. <laughs> I'm sure quite a bit no, longer. Grace fish no, Grace Fish Tag. No, it's, it's been a few years. Been, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Few years, yeah, I've right. only been doing it for a week. That's all I know. <laughs> no, because I wonder... I yeah. really wonder because, I mean, obviously there's other tag programs and, you know, organizations right. out there that do that. Yeah, but, but they I, all charge. Gray yeah. doesn't charge a nickel. That's, that's what I'm saying. So I wonder, like, their statistics yeah. and, and how they're utilizing that research. Uh, really, and they don't care I, what I, fish. I'd like to learn more about that, to be honest with you. This is, like, mm. ultimately what I'm getting at. Yeah, well, they don't care what species either. If it's if it's swimming still, stick a tag in. Let's see where it goes. Yeah. See if anybody catches it again. Yeah, yeah, I'm cool. Jack Cravels, Amber, I, you name it. I put a tag in everything. <laughs> Tag of remorse. Saw a whale shark yesterday. I wanted to stayed a little too deep. I'd have plugged the tag in that thing. You saw a whale shark? <laughs> yeah, right up front of Boca. Oh, nice. 20 feet of water. Yeah. Is it a big one? Uh, no, but yes. I mean, it's 15 feet long, but it wasn't a big one by right. any means. It was right. clearly a juvenile. Yeah. Yeah, but it was it was nice Those to see. Those things are so cool. Man. So cool. No cobias. 
So we, we get the uh, FWC people come out with us all the time and tag groupers and muttons and trigger fish and all That's that cool. kind of stuff. On the Hydrosport? No, on uh, Fish City. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yep. How's yeah. things been on the Fish City? Good. We had a great morning today. Big old yellow jack and some kingfish mm-hmm. and yellowtails. Fishing's been really good. A couple of cobias this week. Yeah, y'all been wearing stuff out. I've, I love watching nice. the pictures. It's been good. Am I sure. supposed to kick up Friday, the seas? No. A- Saturday's going to blow hard off the west. Saturday. We're not going yeah, to see a sea. For, thank God, for a while, but yeah. raining another tournament on Saturday. It's gonna yeah. rain, raining and blowing well, twenty-five tournament off the coming up. Yeah, yeah. Well, we got the Cove tournament coming yep. up, so let's talk about the Cove tournament a little bit. They rip because that's been going. It's a benefit tournament. Yep, it's been the very local. Tournament. Boys and Girls Club. Yep, been going on for a, a lot of years, and the, that tournament does a lot of good. Yep, for and sure those does. people, those people do a lot of a lot of good things running that show. So, um, you guys won it last year, right? We won it last year. Yes. Yep. Congratulations. With a whole whopping three fish. <laughs> brutal fish. That was one of that was it was brutal. It was it was it would pour rain, mm-hmm. bright and sunny, no wind, pour rain, bright and sunny, no wind. Just, yeah. It was one of those days. Yeah. yeah. Misery. Yeah, I and think I, I might end up going to that that awards yeah. banquet that night. All I did was avoid rain. I'd run over here and then oh, I think it's gonna rain again. Let's <laughs> run over there. <laughs> we caught we caught two on we caught two flatline fish and then mm-hmm. right at the end of the day, Bunstein caught one yep. out of the kite. The wind came up just enough, even with helium, just to, to barely fly. And that yeah. was the winner. That was yeah. the one. Yeah, we were tied for second. We might have been. I think we actually were in the lead with two, and that one put us over the top. Yeah. So we talked about didn't didn't the um, didn't the front move in like right in the middle of the silver selfish derby? Am I mistaken? No, it was all east. It was just it was oh, okay. honking. Right. Both for of some moves. reason I was thinking like a front moved in. in we went in the silver, of the silver sailfish, and then operation operation went back to back. It was like it went thirty plus knots off the east, east northeast, just miserable weather, and mm-hmm. it was bad. Yeah. At least no rain though. In like in Ben's tournament, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the the rain. Ben's was still the worst I've ever fished in. It was just miserable. That still takes a, you guys. You guys are kind of you guys are due for a nice easy. Whatever happened to a helium tournament? tournament. Yeah, <laughs> Give me some freaking helium. I hate you helium. You guys are all lined up for a nice, calm tournament well, that, here yeah, coming the, up soon. The Buccaneer wasn't bad. Yeah, the I didn't weather wasn't fish bad. That one. It, was, it was all helium for the most part. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. Even, oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. There goes the helium tournament. I didn't there get to fish go. that one. Yeah. And cool. then there was the uh, the what, the Gold Cup? Was the, the, gold, other one? the Gold Cup was the same time as Operation Sailfish. Okay. And it was rough. Yeah, yeah. it was rough then. Yeah. yeah. We, didn't, we really haven't even talked about Operation Sailfish. That was There was some interesting stuff went down there. Yeah. One of the issues... Where these guys are, at, you know, people always want. You know, Let's get some more boats in these tournaments. There was a boat that fished Operation Sailfish that left out of Port Everglades every morning because they couldn't get a slip in Palm Beach, and there's nothing in between for a big boat. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's a, yeah, disaster. But it kind of worked out for them. They and the way Bun does his rules, it's kind of key style. As long as you film that you're within the boundaries that lines in, you're good to go. Mm-hmm. You still have to turn in your paperwork. So now they run up the Boynton, fish Boynton, and apparently had quite a few bites there. They. 31, I was told 31 bites they had. Uh, so I asked. I, what still, boat was this? Uh, oh, shit. oh, shit. Really? Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. Was uh, Who was running that thing? I think uh, I think Randy Tao may have been on the boat. What? No, friend, was Randy fishing on that boat? I don't think so. It's a friend yeah. of Louie's. Okay. Right. Well, I don't I don't know who was on there, but, and and I'd, I'd heard all kinds of rumors how many bites they had, but they, they were whatever they run there, and they were back and forth for the daily on day one, which was, which was really interesting because... Whatever, not science, but the way it all worked out on day one, of Operation Sailfish, I opted to fish the only place there wasn't any current up north, and and I hate fishing in slow moving or no moving water, even when it's blowing like hell like that. So 
there was good current down to the south there around the breakers and everything. And, and there were a few fish seen. We actually caught one in 500 the day before with the Take a Hero thing, which we ought to talk about at some point. Yeah. But uh, so I opted to fish down that way. And there was probably 15 boats down there within within Trump's to through the breakers and, and all that. Marlago. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's some really amazing bottom down through there. So I set up kind of on the the southern end of the pack, whatever, and you started seeing a little bit of the the thing happening. Well, it was dead up to the north to speak of. I mean, there was there were a few fish getting caught here and there, and everybody that was in that area had a few bites. So, so I think it was like eleven thirty, twelve o'clock, or whatever, and we were leading the the day, and uh, bar south who ends up winning the day is winding their stuff down. Their last two baits in the water, they hook a double up mm-hmm. there just north of Jupiter and say, well, shit, double, we better stay. And I guess at that point it starts rolling up there for them pretty good. And we missed a f- quite a few fish there day one. We should have, we should have taken the day hands down, but again, stupid rough and, and more lines in the water than we had in the derby and, and just weird stuff was happening. And we did get shopped on two fish even, which usually doesn't happen in that rougher stuff. Usually they're, they get up their feet. Yeah. But did they get, they got, what is it? Two doubles there at the end or cause, cause the, when I was looking at the scoring, it almost looked like, man, did you guys just hit a quad or maybe I just missed something? Who bar South? Yeah. I'm not sure. It's, I'm not sure how they're scoring. Went. Yeah. They they definitely got one of those they guys keyed it on a pattern and they got it rolling and yeah, yeah and they yeah. they were doing some interesting stuff kind of pulling their bait real hard it was it was saw them the second day doing that but then the odd thing there were so many fish caught late in the day up there that I felt like and and there was some interesting water up there yeah. some temperature changes and and not having been there the first day was was tough to get up and run up in there and try to fish in it but so day one <laughs> to the south was on fire in the morning and then. Kind of t- quieted down afternoon. We we were you know, with that big giant Calcutta thing. We were fortunate to catch our our two fish. So we we had four bites afternoon. We only needed two to stay in the Calcutta thing, mm-hmm. and we caught two of those four to stay in it. Well, it, up to the north, it was rolling. There was a bunch of guys that didn't survive the the four fish morning thing because it just wasn't happening up there. But it blew up in the afternoon. Yep. So up north, yeah, yeah. It blew up, blew up, yeah. went nuts. Got yeah. There were a lot of fish caught there. So day two, we decided going up there. Well. There was an interesting little edge, and, and it was so dark and overcast in the morning, I didn't see it running up, and it was so damn rough. I was going to say fucking rough, dude. So rough, yeah. <laughs> so, a constant spray. It was misery. Well, and I wasn't even paying Misery. Yeah, there oh. wasn't. We seldom are fishing temperature changes. It, the water just doesn't change. Right. If it's two-tenths of a degree, it's a lot normally down here. Well, it was a degree and a half. Yep. And, and I didn't even notice until Skip calls me on the phone, hey, there talking about a temp change down that way, and we're sitting in 77-degree water, and they're down there in 78.5-degree water. Uh, whatever. We, we pull up, and we pull up late because it's so damn rough. It takes us a long time to get up there. It was a 20-mile run from from uh, Hill, or, uh, Lake Worth Inlet there, and and it took me an hour and 10 minutes to do it. It was so nasty. Mm-hmm. So Wow. Jimmy, It was it, rough. Yeah, I told the guys, hey, guys, it's lined wow. in when we get there, and I'm trying to find a place, and— and I get up there next, just north of Skip a little ways and just south and, and east of Louie on Sandman. Jimmy Briggs bait, casts it. As I'm climbing up the tower, he's bit. <laughs> get the camera rolling, boys. We already got him on there. First bait in the water. Wow. Chase him around. We catch that one. Like, and I, well, yeah, fishing yeah, yeah. green, cold green, ugly trip. water. Yeah. yeah. But whatever, this is working. We end up hooking a, catching a second fish maybe 10 minutes later. Well, we only need three to stay in that giant Calcutta. Mm-hmm. So I'm 
talking to Skip, and Skip already knows about what's going on in the South down there and the, and the better water and everything, but I've only got like two and a half hours here. I just need one more bite, and this is another mistake, I think. Instead of fishing the tournament to win the tournament, I'm fishing to stay in that stupid Calcutta that was worth $370,000. <laughs> yeah, real stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, it screwed me a little bit. I screwed myself in worrying about it. So I stayed in that cold water too long and didn't see another fish until 12 o'clock. And then I picked up and run down there and and saw, holy shit, it, we were fishing in the wrong spot this whole time, despite having yeah. caught those two early fish. So that, so that those early fish really just kind of screwed your mind up. They, without a doubt. And then yeah. trying to say in that, that Calcutta needing that one more bite. And, yeah. And, you I def- think that's such a big part of tournament fishing too. Is like that oh, it's whole, all decision. Man. You yeah, definitely you, Jedi the, mind trick yourself all yeah, the time for sure. Yeah. I, I, on day one, I'm sitting there, you know, from the ledge to like the double zeros, and we had not seen a fish. There was only a handful caught around us. I thought the art they had like six or seven fish within the first like two or three hours. I'm like, guys, break them down. We're out of here. Yeah, it was only like a 20 minute run for us. It was rough, but it was in the trough. We get there, put them up immediately. Have a fish come up and shop us on the long. I'm like, all right, this is gonna work. Mm-hmm. Another fish comes up, shops us. And then we never saw anything else, and the bite just totally went. Nothing yeah. converted, really. There, the bite totally died that off from the breakers to trumps. It just died. Yeah. yeah, we got lucky on a reset on two resets there, and, and saw some bait get up. Jim put a spinner in the bait there, and immediately got bit yeah. for our two late fish, mm-hmm. and had a couple more pop up in a kite there that didn't work out for us. But but yeah, it was it had by the time Skip had gotten down there, it was. It was pretty well Sailfish over. are such a fickle species, man. So, that, so I picked up and ran back to the ledge where I was, stopped, put them out, and caught one immediately. And it's like, all right, it is what it is, you know. <laughs> we should stay here, damn it. But the next day up there where uh, where Bar South was, I actually, we, in the morning, we Art and I were right next to each other. We had a bite literally seconds after the line's in. Fish couldn't have been more than about that big. Oh. I see it come up and pile on the left short. It's like mouth in the herring, starts swimming off, and he fed for like two minutes. So I'm like, all right, try him, gets tight, comes up, <laughs> hacks everything up. <laughs> <laughs> the bait was too there's big. Not, there's not enough weight. No, there's just not enough weight you can't there. Get the circle hook yeah. to get the slide. Yeah, yeah. Right. So you just fish. I mean, literally, the fish was like the size of this bill. Yeah. If that. Yeah. The only option I've ever found on those really, really little ones is I try to drive over to them, reel the kite down, disconnect, try to drive as close as you can, a couple turns of the handle, Got get him. leader because you're you're not hooking that fish. <laughs> right. Unless you get so wrapped up and even yeah, I just hope he never spits. Yeah. It's and tough. Yeah, that it's in uh, Stevo. The first fish, first fish of the operation. It was a kind of not that small, but smaller fish. Ate on the long and, and on the right long, and it was working to the south, doing right. And I just looped around, and he's cranking, cranking, cranking. Get the leader, fish jumps right there, and everything comes out. Like never really got tight on the fish because it, it was one of those little ones. I was petrified was going to do exactly that. And yeah, never jumped until right next to the boat, leader in hand. Everything goggle eye hooked. It's all perfect. Put the goggle eye back out if you wanted to. He's still swimming. Yeah, yeah we had uh, we had it happen twice that first morning. We we missed that one. Then we caught one, and then I saw him one come up and eat the left long. I'm like, it wasn't a monster. Yeah. Same scenario. We're back into him, back into him. We're like, got the camera going, reaching for the leader, and he <laughs> just hacks everything up. <laughs> <laughs> but then uh, then we made that reset back to the south, and we got kind of in the mix with everybody. And I kind of saw what Bar South was doing. We got a little roll. We ended up catching. Uh, I think we caught six or seven that second day for nine or ten bites. So it, it well, once <laughs> once you got the roll going, it, it makes it easy. But you got to catch that first one. You got to yeah. see how they're biting. And oh man, I had three bites on the second day. It's frustrating. I, I think I was by far the least bites of the whole fleet after probably I, having the most bites on day one. I didn't want to really bring it up, but 
I mean, we, I was, cause I'm like, hey, you're on the board. Right. And then like day two, it's just like, it's so hard to go nothing back. It's hard to go back. To I didn't back. even want to text you or anything about that. I was yeah. like, oh, but he must've been heartbroken. Uh, just angry. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't, I've been doing this long enough and had enough success. I'm just, I get mad. I don't. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. It's just like, you know, ticked off or whatever. And it's all to, I don't want to rub salt in the wound, but yeah. yeah. You, you can't, goes, you can't yeah. be any harder on me than I've been on myself. That's about that. So tell me about this, um, the veterans event Favorite, like before the operation. And that's so. what I don't understand, dude. I love Operation Sailfish. And the first time we fished it, Skip was and I were fishing together. And we got a second place. And, man, and I've always loved the tournament because the first day you take a, a veteran or two. And I've had the same two or three veterans I've been taking since day one now. Mm-hmm. You know, plus uh, we'll usually add a, a new guy in as well. But. I, I, dude, it's, it gives you such a great feeling, and, it, and they've become friends. I mean, one of them, this mm-hmm. Chris Susco, retired Navy and, and now retired Co- Coast Guard, I, we speak probably mostly almost once a week. I mean, we're, we speak on a regular basis, oh, a guy I met through this good. thing. It, it really neat, dude. It, my favorite part, and it's two years in a row we've won the the top meat fish in the in the deal. Oh, Are you won top meat. Nice. Yep. Fucker beat us by about – wasn't much. <laughs> So yeah. so get this. Well, so, what, what what did you catch? The last year was a, a real nice dolphin. This year was a real nice kingfish. Thirty pound okay. king, right? Yeah. We yep. had we had something a big dolphin or we had something that came in second place this year by yep. not much. <coughs> yeah, but you won the sailfish division a couple of years ago. We got it two years in a row. Yeah. Oh, you did. There you go. I've never won. I've never won anything in that damn tournament other than meat fish for the year <laughs> in operation. You never. It's the only one I haven't won yet. Yeah. You mean like when you say one, like the whole thing, or never? Yeah, place? yeah, won the whole thing. Just won the whole. Oh, thing. Oh no, we yeah. got a second. Yeah, that's what I was say. You had a second, place fifth, in that and a, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's so, yeah. You know, I love the the veterans tournaments. I mean, obviously, it's no secret around here. We really support the FFL. We all do. Yeah. Um, and those events that Sarah and Vinny put on are fantastic because you get so interactive with the veterans, yep. and it's really important. You know, a lot of people say, "Oh, I want to give to the veterans." Yeah, I support the veterans, and they'll share a meme. And but this is different. Like when you go out fishing with somebody, we've explained before, you create that bond with that person, and it's a deeper kind of primal thing, right? Yep. And then when you can get on that level with a veteran, it really is a special moment because oh, yeah. you know you obviously you respect them immensely to the hilt. You know, absolutely. And um, and like you said, you, you become friends with them. And yep. then, then it becomes more of a deeper meaning after a while. So it's, like, sure. it's really cool. Well, yeah, Operation Selfish is very similar to what uh, FFO does. You know, the night before you have a you know you have a little party and food and a couple mm-hmm. of cocktails. And you actually sit down and share a meal with them, and then you go fishing and have a little party afterward again. It's yeah, it's it's cool. really good. I, I enjoy that a lot. Yeah, that that's that's really cool and it's really important. I mean, I don't want to sit there and say these guys need help, but you know they do need they help. need support. Really, I mean, it's like they, they want to, you know, they need just community. I think they need to feel appreciated. Appreciation, for uh, sure. Uh, you know. And it's, and on, uh, on Surreal, it's really cool because I have a couple guys that are uh, are veterans on there, mm-hmm. and recent veterans that just got out. And they, they they really connect these guys and have great conversations with them, even with uh, with uh, Vinny's thing with FFO. Mm-hmm. Same thing. It was it was really good. Yeah. No, I agree. And then... Um, you know, we can't support that initiative enough on any level, whether it's FFO or whether it's Operation Sailfish or, or walking down the street. You see of, it you know, walking down the street, anything like that. You know, I, buy um, a dude, I bought a dude lunch. I was up in, in Maryland for White Marlin Open several years ago, and, and there's there's a lot of military activity going on in there. And just saw a dude sitting there having lunch in his fatigues. And I, yeah. Bought him lunch, and, and you got out of there before you even knew about it. And, dude, I felt good about that forever. Sure. Absolutely. And, yep. and, you, and you know what? 
that's awesome that you yeah. did that. And I think more people need to do stuff like that. I mean, if, if the country doesn't want to take the proper initiatives to support them and to be there for them in the way they should be, then maybe it's just up to the people just to take control Absolutely. of that matter and just, you know, support these guys. So seriously. Yeah. I mean, if you see, especially an old guy that's got one of those old, you know, the, the Korean yeah. War hats or the, you know, the Vietnam hats. Yeah, or anything. Not too many World War II hats left, but, no. um, you know, just do your no, best no. to, you know, just, hey, what can I do for you? No yeah. matter what it is. Every sure. little thing, hap- you know, matters. So. Dude, a thank you goes a long, long way yep. for those fellas, especially sure the Vietnam guys who felt mm-hmm. so yep. left out. I mean, even like uh, I've done before, and I don't want to, I've done, I've done, but um, even like the other day, we were at the park with my son. We took them fishing, you know, got them tied on a couple of bass and stuff like that. Just fun for the kids. It was a beautiful day out. I wanted to get them out of the house. Afterwards, we rolled to the park. This is out in Parkland. And we pulled into the truck. And the Everglades. The truck, what's that? The Everglades. Yep. And we pulled in this truck I pulled in front of. There's a big license plate on the front that says Vietnam Veteran, right? So I look at that, and I write a little note. And I just say, thank you for your service. And I put it behind his windshield. Yep. And that's it. I never saw the guy. He probably walks up. Yeah. He walks you know, up. You know, thinking, oh, oh, I got a ticket. Somebody hit, yeah, right? somebody hit my truck. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. Ah. But every little yeah. thing counts no, I, to that point, you know? Absolutely. And then then my son sees me do it, and he asks me what I'm doing. And that's a teaching lesson, too. Oh, for sure. For sure. Point, you know? So. Very cool. Yep. It's all good. So I want to bring up this part of the, uh, this new part of our tournament talk episode. Which I is, know this is I know where this is going already. Where's it going? Questions. <laughs> Questions. Questions. So we had a thing on on Facebook and Instagram, social media, if you will. I wondered how I wondered how the response went. If it would. so, you didn't all right. see all that stuff that Jimmy and oh, that's Steve all that, but, yeah. <laughs> So we randomly printed out um, a handful of the top questions that were emailed to us. Um, so we got a few here. We're gonna read. We're gonna read our top ones and then. After we're done reading them, then you have to select the winner, right? So we got, oh, we there's got, a winner in this. It, oh, there's a winner because what they can win is oh, I saw the right. So all right, so here we go. Tournament talk. Ask questions for Art and Skip. Yay! We're gonna roll a graphic here because I'm gonna make a graphic and John's gonna do his thing. So, but Ooh, what I want to do before we do that, Troy Ganter, our friends at Papa's Raw Bar, and now the new Papa Migos. Is there food in there? There is no food in here. Damn it. <laughs> Are you hungry? You I got, got me all I got fired up. I get all fired up. some Skittles? Uh, don't need that. <laughs> so, Troy uh, was really nice enough to contribute to the cause here for the show. Uh, we have an Eat, Drink, and Be Local Papa's Raw Bar, Papa Migos gift bag. And what is in here is... Y'all people are lucky there's no food in there. It'd be gone. Well, there is wine. So <laughs> I'm good. We got a Papa's hat. Nice. Right? Nice. And we got... Looks like somebody was wearing it already. I was going to say, it's kind of beat up. We got Eat, Drink, and Be Local Cabernet. Lovely. Yep. And we have... What else is in here? And Eat, Drink, and Be Local Chardonnay. Right? And we have some... Oh, well, we have contributed a an official... Let me see this one. An official Connected by Water uh, presented by Joey Cardi Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Nice. Coffee mug. Rolls right off the top. Right? Remember that first time? <laughs> yeah. Jodge. Let's say Jodge with a J. That's, that's that. We're going to contribute that in there. And we got some Pop Amigos and um, swag and some stickers. Now, Pop Amigos, I have to tell you, is the new restaurant opening up shortly in Old Town, oh. right across from City Hall and right across from the new Civic Center mm-hmm. in that place where they yep. do all the food trucks and everything. 
this is going to be a cool, cool restaurant. Nice. So what it is, is he's calling it Crasian, right? It's like this Jamaican, Asian, like sushi, um, Mexican fusion oh. kind of thing, where there's a bunch of unique kind of tacos and ceviches and oh. all kinds of things called Papamigos. Speaking my language. It is going to be the hottest restaurant in town. I'm telling you. This you place won't be able is to get in the door. It, Great. Right? There you go. And then also the big coup de gras. Troy also contributed a $50 gift card Yay. to Papa's Raw Bar. Right? So one lucky winner at the end of us reading these questions is going to win this swag bag. You can get a surreal roll. You can get, you can get a surreal roll. Pretty soon you're going to be able to get well, a Connect my water roll. Nice. So, And they have, uh, we had, recently we had House Representative Chip Lamarca on. Cool. Uh, for the state of Florida. And they have uh, Chip's Oyster get your something like that. Coffee mug. Right, the coffee mug goes in there. So, all right. so without further ado, we're going to start reading some questions. All right, let me put that there. I don't want to drop anything. All right, we're good. Don't break the wine. So what's the first question we're going to read? I think we should lead off with this one. So do you guys well, want to read that? So I can't read it. No, I'll read it. All right, you can read my glasses. it. I can read it. So it says, hi, guys. It's Mandy McDaniel. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. This is our first question. It says, so I've got questions. But one very important question, who's going to have a better show out for the 2020 Quest series, Surreal or Native Sun? As of right now? Yes. Native Sun is definitely in the lead. Native Sun is <laughs> definitely in the lead. I, I, I think I've got zero, point, 0 points right now. <laughs> we came in like 27th place, right? It only gets well, you got three points, points in. Oh, does it? Yeah. It goes through 30, right? Yep. Something like that. So. so you got points. Yeah, he got points. All right. How many points do you have right now? 15? 14? No, we did better than that. We ended up in 12th, so 30 minus 12. All right. 18 All right. points. There you go. You're asking the guy who went to art school to do some math. That's cool. <laughs> right on. <laughs> so she also goes on to ask another question. Who got y'all in the fishing? Your dad, older sibling, or was it something you just saw and were instantly passionate about? I know where Art's going here. Dad got that. Yeah, we all dad, know the story dad, behind that one, right? Dad, it's genetic. Yeah, there was there was no option. Dad, grandpa, and and forever beyond that. Yeah, grandpa fish man. And he, the truth be told, though, the, the old man as a young man was a was a hunter far more than a fisherman. But by the time he I was around, it was it was all about fishing. Mm-hmm. And how many but, generations back does that go for the Sapp family? Seven generations. So my my dad was a police officer in Pompano. Oh, he was. I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah. I didn't know. Oh, that. Yeah, my dad. My dad was a police officer. Loved the fish, and uh, if I wasn't, I, I I grew up right behind Merritt's Boatyard. Mm-hmm. So oh. for me, I I was if I wasn't in school or playing sports, I was literally at the boatyard, walking around, fishing, you know, doing my thing. And back then, they had the uh, the long line fleet there. Mm-hmm. So the long line guys would come back. And they would just dump me. They would give all my all the squids and whatever they had. So I would be there all day, just cutting and dumping stuff in the water and fishing and wow, that's awesome. Just doing my thing. It, it was it was a blast. It, it was a great upbringing for me. So that's I went cool. I went from merits to being able to ride my bike to the pier and you know, working my way up to fish on the drift boat and just going from there. Yeah, nice. That's but the long line fleet that that's back when uh, Skip Smith and I think Ed oh, Dahl yeah. were working on that. Yep. Right? Everybody Ed was Mo- involved. Ed Momoye, yeah. and and looking Moye, back, yeah. looking back now, my dad must have been some kind of a psychopath. Let me hang out with all these long line guys. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> they because they used to have this big tree out in the back by uh, in Merritt's. It was this huge ficus tree, and underneath there was like a 
it was like the long guys, long line guys clubhouse. There was a cooler and a bunch of chairs and my buddies and I found a bunch of old playboys in there. It was awesome. You know? <laughs> so it was, it was cool. Awesome. We're, we're like nine, 10, 11 years old. So for us, it, it was cool. So when, when the long line guys were gone, that was our, our fort, you know, when they were yeah, there, they they were there you know? <laughs> but that, that's how I got into fishing. You it guys was, were probably pitching a fort too. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> From the sounds of it, sorry, did I go too far? Maybe I probably did a little bit. Maybe so. All right, so I'm gonna. She asks, Mandy asks about 17 questions here. So <laughs> I saw a long list. Yeah, let's roll through. How, how did you both decide you knew you wanted to be captains? What would you likely be doing if it weren't the fishing industry? I did the golf course industry for a long time, and just to, to pay for the fishing, yeah, bills means to an end. Yep, and then realized pretty quickly. Well, I should say pretty. It took 15 years to realize. Wait a minute. Making more money winning tournaments than I am spending long before daylight to long after dark on a golf course is working on them. So, yeah, kind of just naturally. And I've never considered myself a boat captain. It was just, you know, it was a privately owned deal with my buddies. We were working in at some point and had to try to figure out how to pay the mortgage when we were getting out of that golf thing. So went and got a license and got into the charter fishing thing and dearly loved that. Yeah, but, there you go. But it's really all about the tournaments. I think you'd be a professional fantasy football player, right? If you weren't, is I, that I would. Pretty? I could get into that. Yeah. I, would, I could have a fantasy football <laughs> podcast, but you know, it's, the, it's the only job that I've ever had. I've never done anything. I've, right. I've never. And this has a, really been like your life. I've forever. never filled out an application yeah. in my life. I've never done anything except fish or the That's fishing awesome. industry. I, yeah. And my first job was working at a uh, custom rod gun for Tommy when I was like 10, 11. And I slowly worked up to the drift boats, and it's been doing it ever since. Yeah, nice. Yep. Yeah, it's kind of like been me with art. You know, I've I've had I mean different odd jobs delivering pizzas and stuff like that, but I've always been an artist, and there's never ever mm -hmm. been an idea of like being something else in my head. It's always been I never I, even applied to like a regular. But college. it's funny if I wasn't doing this, I think I would be in the landscape industry somehow. I love grass. I love, I yeah. love. Yeah, I love all that kind of yeah, stuff. I, I love the smell of fresh cut grass. Yeah, nothing really. Yeah. Especially when somebody it else smells cuts like barracudas to me. <laughs> I think barracudas smell like green beans. <laughs> you know, you know, it's funny you ask. I still don't know what the hell I'm going to do for a living. For... I, I'm still working on it. You figured out yeah, at some right? point here, right? I, but no, I, I never, you know, there's all these people that go through their youth with a, a direction. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to be successful at a doctor or whatever the hell. They, and they know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what the hell's wrong with those people? I, I still don't know what I'm going to do for a living. <laughs> Mandy, Mandy also wants to know um, what other fishing experiences that you have yet to do that are on your bucket list. People do those things too. Bucket list. Bucket what the list. fuck is a bucket list? <laughs> so I, I went, I went to, I went to Costa Rica and it was one of the, it was probably the only time in my life that I've, actually it is the only time in my life I went fishing and got skunked. <laughs> it sucked. We Los saw, um, we were out of Capos. Capos? So I went down there. I've gotten skunked out of Cape too. We We've had great there. days in Costa Rica, too, but there was one day where we, I'm like, come on, this is Costa Rica. It's not supposed to happen. So it, it was a great time. We had a great trip. Um, it's hard to go to Costa Rica and not have a good time. But we went right. down for my buddy Mikey's 30th birthday party, and those guys, me and my buddy Mikey and Tweety, they went, they got freaking hammered. So we got the boat for the next morning. I rolled, they came in at like 5 o'clock in the morning. I had to be up at 6. I get them up. We get to the boat, and these guys are shot. So they're down below sleeping. I'm like, Dude, it's going to be epic. I'm going to have all the fish for myself all day long. <laughs> That's awesome. And it sucked. Like, <laughs> literally nothing. Saw one flopper, and uh, I don't know. I, I would love to do, uh, 
I mean, I think I would like to do like the Amazon, maybe do something like that. And no. may, and maybe like the Great Barrier Reef. I think that would be cool to see some of those giant marlin. But other than that, <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a huge trip guy. I mean, I right. like I like to go to uh, maybe Hawaii and check that out. I'd love to fish Hawaii. Yeah, that'd to, probably be one of my just to see it and check it out. And, I, don't know, I just I like I love our fishery here. So. Yeah. He's probably going to put his nose up at this next statement. But one thing I always wanted to do is fly fishing in Montana on the Big Blackfoot River. I'll go look at it. Go look at the critters walking around. I've always wanted to do that. Why you want to catch a fly? I just want, Technology, I like brother. I Technology. I love the process. See, yeah. I, I, I get all that, too. And, like, when I when I go up to state New York and uh, visit family up there, the first thing I do is grab a rod and go to the end of the dock, and I start catching little perch that are, like, this big. Oh, mm-hmm. do that in New York Minute. See, I don't, I, don't, I don't care what I'm catching as long yeah. as I'm catching something. It, mm-hmm. Or seeing cool. something. I don't yeah. have to catch it. I just want to see it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks, Mandy. For those questions, I'm going to save this one for the end there. Uh-oh. Um, there's, there's a couple good ones in there. I, I looked yeah, at a couple good ones. Uh, Courtney Walter asks, um, what is your favorite part of fishing, being on the water, winning money, hanging out with others, stress relief, all the above? What motivates you? What's your favorite part? Yes. All the above. <laughs> all the above. Camaraderie's huge, there's no doubt. And it's out, you know, the boat is, is where it's at for the most part, but then outside of that around the tournaments and everything, but... Dude, there's colors that show up in the ocean that don't exist anywhere else in the world, and I'm addicted mm-hmm. to them. I've got to see them. And I mean, the whale shark, and there's the thrills that I get out of the ocean, I don't think exist anywhere else. I've spent a ton of time in the woods, and I've seen the mountains, and they're beautiful. I'm, I, don't, I can't agree more. You're asking, thousands, you're telling yeah. the wrong guy about that. Yeah. I've built my life around Not that. The colors. What you're saying right now. Yeah. Yeah. Thousands of fish, of, of tens, hundreds of thousands, I don't know. And one shows up and spread whatever it is that I'm targeting that day, and I lose my shit to this day. I just go bonkers. Yeah. It, when it, you when when you first see that color come up, uh, when the fish, they, they mean nothing really beats. Or you see see like a fish all lit up, just like even like a sailfish lit up, or something. Like mahi, yeah. or like so, when the wahoo first comes out of the oh, water, yeah. it's like incredible. Here, so here's and even to take it beyond that is to recognize to develop a relationship with different species of fish and to recognize when different color patterns show up in a fish. And, and, an, and an example, Georgie Corzo was in the tower with me in that bar South boat down, down in Key West on a pre-fish day of the, for the tournament. And we saw Taylor a ways out and I, I don't know, probably 60 yards out. I said, damn, Georgie, this one's going to bite. And it, there's bad down there. They're bad not to bite in Key West. Taylor's mm-hmm. a, a really, really warm and actively feeding sailfish will get a white diamond in the middle of his forehead. And this dude's extraordinarily successful. So he's, what the fuck are you talking about? And I said, look, you see that white spot in the top of his head? Yep. Put a bait in front of it. He will go electric blue and eat it instantly. Done. Instantly. Never seen it before. Never recognized it. Well, if you study this stuff long enough, you'll, you know, You'll be like a, like an artist looking at a Picasso or something. You guys mm-hmm. see shit that would, whatever. It's a really neat painting to us. Right. Well, you study the fish long well, That is true. I mean, you, you yeah. look at a painting and, like, I'll, yeah. I'll see shapes and composition that, it, you know. I don't recognize. Trained yeah. or untrained, you know what yeah. I mean? You'll, you'll still, still see patterns in how the whole composition, mm-hmm. the weight and the balance. And the exactly. And the whole thing. Yeah, for well, sure. And you get considerably more enjoyment out of that painting because of those abilities. Right. Than, than the average length. Well, that's what I try to get across to as you know, you know, people who don't get to see it a whole lot. Look, you're seeing some really cool shit, but if you saw it through my eyes right now, you, you might pass out. 
Right. It's, it, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's so it, no, it's true. There, there's there's a deep understanding. Yep. To, and to be able to, to tell craft at that point, that fish is about to turn left, and this is why, or that you know, to, it's it, it's so cool to me. I, you, yeah. Definitely, it's, it's same with sailfish, same with dolphins, same with right. everything. Like you'll be in a school dolphin, you'll be like. All right, that one's not gonna eat. That one's gonna eat. That one's mm-hmm. not gonna eat. That one's gonna eat. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny yeah. to, to to see that. Yeah, to study it and then recognize it and 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 then to be right is so satisfying. That fish are so beautiful, man. They cool. really are. Yep. Such, all right, thank you very much, Courtney. Um, the next one Hopefully comes. We answered you. Yeah, no, I th- I think yep. you guys did a really good job answering that one. Uh, Will Harrington comes up with this one. This is a good question. Uh, when it comes to fishing tournaments against teams that are extremely competitive and equally as skilled, what kind of mindset and attitude do you expect out of your team to win, and what small changes do you make to set you apart from just competing to winning? There's a whole bunch of answers to that question, but first and foremost, it is the mindset. Mm-hmm. The, there has to be an absolute belief that what we're doing is the right thing, no matter whether it is or not, and the absolute belief that we're going to win at the end of the day, one way or another, it might, it generally, you don't usually need more than an hour, hour and a half of getting a roll going to, to win a day or, and then carry that an hour, an hour and a half the next day and you win a tournament. So that belief has to be there. And shit, there was more to the question. Yeah, well, it's, 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 about, it's almost about fishing about other elite guys too. Oh, uh, okay. You know, yeah, you kinda, you what do you do to really separate yourself from the rest? Because I Make think this goes decisions. back to what we were talking about earlier about the, exactly about the decisions. How that can really play against your mind, like what's that guy doing? Because I already know no. that. Don't care about what that guy's so doing. Hard. It's it's so hard because when you're sail fishing, you hear, um, Sandman, Sandra, mm-hmm. Far South Rob. You hear you hear it over and over again, and you hear it more than once. You're like, man, they're really crushing them. That might be two fish yeah. in an hour and a half. What do they but, see or what do they? But you, that you think I didn't you see. think everybody around you is crushing them. Then you're constantly checking your you know guys are checking their phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So where's Art at? Where's who at? You know and. Yeah. I'm like, God, settle down. Let's just keep fishing, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's hard Even to They take an eight-fish lead. I don't care. Yep. It's, it, I need an hour and a half. Let me make one good – and I tell the dudes constantly one all day. Pass. One good decision. We are one good decision away from winning this day. And you know what? We've seen you do it so many times, Art. And I, it's true. It's it, good. Yeah. We all do it. It's, it's, it yeah. When you do it long enough, it's, it's always one good decision away from making something really good start to happen. And then – Piling on top of that, it could be one little, one little reset, one little jog in shore, mm-hmm. going from 100 feet to 120. You get a couple extra bites, and yep, looking in the right direction at the right moment. Oh, flopper! You know, it, yeah, I was on the phone with him. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We were fishing um, uh, the the Buck Cup this weekend. Second day of the Buck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your second day. Yeah, we're sitting there and we're sitting there, we're sitting there. Sitting there. Actually, just you talk about decisions. We we laid on our second day, but we still went fun fishing because the uh, owner had some family in town mm-hmm. or friends in town. And we went five for seven. We would have won the daily and would have bumped us up to, I don't know, 34th place in the tournament. This is how it goes. Yeah. But I'm on the phone with him, and we started down there off the breakers. You know, the bite had been good off the breakers, kind of the same scenario as Operation Sailfish. And the, the afternoon bite had been turned on up at the ledge. So we we're going to go there, get a few bites. We literally put the baits out seconds after lines and right long. Boom, we caught one. Made another bump back in the shore, set, set everything up. I'm on the phone with him. I'm charter fishing. Shit, flopper, flop. <laughs> Dude, I'm listening the whole time. <laughs> flopper, just outside the left lawn. We set the kite out, stopped it. One came up and piled on the left uh, middle. Another yeah. one came up and ate the left short. And it's like, oh. we, you know, you're talking about with that scenario where it's tough because it's like it's like a it's like a ballet. All right, this one's feeding this way. This one's going that way. You're like, 
which one to get tight on first. I'm like, all right, go and get tight on the short because the, the long was way or the middle was scoped out so far away from them. So they got tight on the short, got tight in the middle, and they went right across each other and one burned the other one off. And but there's nothing you can do about that. Yeah, that's how it goes. Yeah. Oh, so man. frustrating. And we sat there for another 45 minutes, an hour with no bites and reliving it. Went, no, we, <laughs> not, it, that happens. And then yeah. we went to the ledge and we caught one more up there and. And watch Louie just wear everybody out. <laughs> you say that, though, again, it was only, you know, he did a great job one turn. Congrats, but it was only eight fish. Yeah. So. It was just a slow bite. Yeah. Well, an hour. Eight fish, an hour. And you're right there again. It's just a couple multiples. And and in the, in the derby, like, um, Jamie won that tournament basically in probably about 45 minutes. Yep. The end uh-huh. of the day on day one, they didn't have a fish until 2 o'clock. Yep. They caught six in an hour and a half. Yep, and then they caught that quad and a few more scattered throughout the day, and that was it. Yep, there's your wow. win. That was the win. Guess who we beat? <laughs> <laughs> but but the other thing, you know, think about sail fishing. It's that kid's like on fire. King fishing, it's like you're getting bite after bite after bite after bite. Right. Normally, it's kind of nonstop all day. Sail fishing is like, all right, we got it. We got two, and then you have an hour of nothing. It's and then just, you catch a couple more. And, yeah, it's it's know. really. I mean, Lately. it's such a sport, and it's such a. A strategic thing. That's why it's so hard yeah. to it's, it's so hard to stay diligent and be patient and wait and wait and wait. You know, not yeah, especially when the much. when all the reports of all the other guys catching yep. fish are all yeah, it's tough. All right, let me lighten this up a little bit. So uh, the next up is Sarah Lasorsa from the FFO. Uh, do you believe in the banana bad luck superstition on boats? If so, how far do you take it? For instance, do you believe in it and not even allow banana boat sunscreen on your boat? <laughs> me personally, I do not believe in any of that garbage. Me neither. Not no. at all. So the um I think uh Bernard kind of debunked that whole thing. Yeah, he did when he us went fishing in, in Guatemala. Uh, well there there is some fact to all that. There's some history to that. That bananas, if you put bananas in your fruit basket close to the rest of your fruit, the rest of your fruit goes south in a hurry. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole story. It was you know, they put bananas in the food stores on the old blowboats way back right. in the day, and it all their shit all their food went to shit in a hurry. So never again. Bananas are bad luck. He killed us all. We all died because of the damn thing. So, I mean, there's some history to it. Right. So that, that's where the whole bananas are bad luck thing came from. And and a lot of the guys in the Northeast where a lot of those blowboats were coming and going from still firmly believe in all that. And they all live down here now and in the Keys. So Yeah. And so it's not really bad luck. just makes the rest of your fruit go bad. So, I mean, yeah. I mean I Every, really all your food. I mean, it really, yeah. whatever's gas is, it releases as it. Yeah, because once you, once you pick it off the, off the. Line or the what do you call that thing? The the bunch stalk, yeah, the, the bunch of the stalk. Well, or well also that the other story too is like when they would ship those banana crates, they would have all kinds of weird spiders in them and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. Guys would get by the, by the spiders and die. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, the bananas. They always said bananas were bad luck. Gotcha. Yeah. But but I don't. But they should sure taste good. Yeah, I don't believe in any of that garbage. Yeah, yeah I don't believe in the superstition. I mean, I I thought it was so hilarious when when Bernard was catching those sailfish in yeah. Guatemala and just sticking banana peels on their bills. Just <laughs> now, <laughs> I do every morning. Find me a picture of a sailfish before a tournament, though. Just got to tip. Nope, that's the dude. Got to oh, go find him. Oh, you do have a ritual. I do. A bit of a ritual. Very, very. But I want to see him. All right. We, we have a little uh, coconut doll thing that we <laughs> ended up with from uh, uh, the. Coconut doll? It's like a coat. We call it Miss Real. It's like this <laughs> coconut. It's like this coconut creature that somehow, after a big night in Bimini, we ended up with it on the boat somehow. And that was that's been our good luck charm for a while. I like it. 
You gotta post a picture of that. You remember the? Well, it's gone now. We got a, we, we got a new one now. <laughs> All right. You remember? Well, we you had the camel. Can, you'll see if Chuck oh, can pop cam- that up. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the, Camel. Camel, yeah, Camel the camel after yeah. the Jimmy Johnson. After Jimmy Johnson went there, we Camel. Had, yeah, we brought Camel to the award ceremony with us, and Skip down there murdered some poor girl for she tried to ride Camel and broke her leg, and Skip no. was mad. I don't blame her. Camel was cool. <laughs> But so, so you got, you got to premise the story. We were in this house down there. This guy had this weird, two like, years in a row. this weird, um, uh, what was it made out of? It's like leather. It was a leather, weird. Cam- maybe it was camel skin. I don't know. It was like a, it was like a small camel. Camel. He was, was a camel, dude. So he had an alligator. He had all kinds of stuff in the house. You, so you bring this fishing with you on so, the boat? No, no. So, no. Oh, okay. So we we won the Jimmy Johnson, right? Yeah. Right. And the and party ensues. The party goes on, and we bring. Camel, we named her Camel the Camel. To the, <laughs> don't ask me how to spell that. To K A M E L. I think you just need a, an accent on the E at that. So, point. Okay. so we brought it to the awards. We got it draped in a liquid shirt and all this other stuff. Girl breaks his leg, so we're all we're polluted. I thought Camel was a girl. No, Camel was, was a the boy. Camel. I know, but I don't. You just said his leg. I thought Camel was a girl. Camel's transgender. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's identifying as a camel. Okay. <laughs> so so we get back to the house and we're like there's no way this guy's gonna notice his legs broken. So we gotta like all like like put together. Like if you went like this, it would just go and fall over. <laughs> so so Jim Steele gets a call like No, but it was a dude at the award ceremony and says, Wait a minute, I know that camel. <laughs> Is that what it was? Buddy's house. Yeah, well it all it all came together. So so Jim gets a call, right? <laughs> about the camel. We're like yeah. All right, how much for steal? the camel? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it was like three hundred bucks. Yeah, I went for the camel. So this goes on. Yeah, we'll pay you. So it's like we'll we'll pay you, but we're taking the camel then if we're buying we the, to camel. Keep the camel. Yeah. So we're so now it's like a month and a half later. We're going to Miami for the four hundred, one of those tournaments. Yeah, the finals. No, it was final sale. Oh, final sale. Yeah, we were in the QS. So, yeah. Oh, so, no, it was in Miami this year. I mean, oh, I, I thought you were talking about the, 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 the first time. round camel no, time. The first one, yeah, the, our camel time. The first final sale was in was in Miami. Yep. Okay. So yeah. nobody knows. So I blazed to Key Largo. I buy the camel from the guy, bring it here. I put it in the apartment that we're going to before anybody gets there. So everybody goes up to the the, the penthouse. They're like, holy shit, Camel's here. <laughs> <laughs> and we proceeded to, to lose the jackets, and Camel was – Deemed bad luck, and she's somewhere in the ocean, right? Yeah, she went swimming. Oh, she yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's all pay our respects to. But it was really fun. Camel, Camel was the transgender camel. Yeah. Oh, it was it was a good time. Yeah, for sure. The you know, all right. So, Sarah, does that answer your question about bananas? <laughs> <laughs> we prefer camels. Yeah, we'll take a camel over banana anytime. All right. So, camels over bananas. All right. So, camels are bad luck. Um, so we're going to double up on the sources here because Vinny asked a question as well. Captain Vinny LaSorsa of The Last Mango asks, what's the best quality you look for in choosing a mate? And we're talking about fishing mates, not <laughs> mates, mates. Best quality in a mate? Um, Listen. Positive attitude. Good one. For sure that. Attitude, attention to detail, I would say. Um, I Good mean, the chamois. yeah, right. But I, I would say, depending on if they're coming on, like to just get going, mm-hmm. like, uh, 
like when I get something new and then like that works for me on the boats and stuff like that, I like a blank slate. I like the people I can mm-hmm. show how to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Willingness to learn, I would say. I've had Jimmy now for what, 2019, so I've had him for 17 years. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, he no, said he was going to call in, but yeah, he doesn't know. Rung yet. He mean. doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Although no, he wouldn't know you were here. But anyway, and then Chris there, Nishkin, he's he basically was a blank slate. He spent his whole life in the ocean, but they didn't fish. So he's been phenomenal. I mean, he's come a long, long way. I but, I, I think if you have a, a good crew member, like you say, mate, but like we have crews of. Yeah. Eight ten guys. Mm-hmm. It gets to a point where it's like second nature. You don't have to, you, you don't have to say anything. Mm-hmm. Like when Art and I fished together, like I was thinking when he was thinking mm-hmm. the, the same time. time he was thinking it. You know, right. so, so we would see something, and I'm doing it before Art could say it. And yep. it's nice to have that kind of relationship yeah. with whoever's with you on the boat. You know, absolutely. And it's hard to find out the crews that do very 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 well. That's the kind of relationship they have with with their crew. That, you know? that happens over time. Yeah, and I think if you know, since this is the tournament talk edition, I think it's also important to point out, at least this may be my opinion, that what you just said, the whole, um, you know, the chemistry thing, might be more important during sailfish season than in meat fish season. No, no, there's no. a lot more going on in meat fish yeah, season. Yeah, there's, there's a there's more stuff going on for yeah. sure. You're fishing oh, yeah. more lines. There's all kinds of stuff going on. But yeah. I would think though, but with the strategy and the thing that we're talking about, you there's know, one guy doing strategy on the boat. Okay. And, and there, there's so many moving parts in meat season that that it's 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 harder to do the meat thing than it is physically mm-hmm. harder to do meat than sailfishing. Right. Gotcha. Uh, strategically in in the mental game in the sailfish world is is the competition so intense and so much better. It that's far harder. And the well, it's a, a lot of times a broader field too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Todd Harper asks. How worried are you about your bait when it's rough, like the last two tournaments? I know your wells are probably pressurized, but that is some big stuff going on. In a CV boat, I'm not worried at all. My not boat, worried at all. I'm still fishing bait that we did rode one of those two days in, in my charters and catching fish on them. Mm-hmm. If your if your bait wells are set up well and they're in, that's you should never have an issue. No worries, not at all, none whatsoever. Yeah. Same same for me. I've got like I don't know sixty or seventy gogs left over from. Operation selfish that are just sitting perfect. Right. As long as your wells are pressurized, you can and your guys flip your boat over. Yeah, and your guys aren't. And that whole pressurized term is it, you're not adding pressure to the tank. You're just not allowing the slosh. I mean, water's got to be able to spill out freely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But and I don't know that it would matter if you were somehow actually adding pressure to the tank because I mean they, these fish swim deep. Mm-hmm. But there'd be a lot of rapid changes. But also your guys not dipping twenty of them at a time and. And we've had to do some corrections every now and then to remind guys of you know the picking them up, throwing them back in the well. Uh-huh. If if you do, you try to dip one fish, the the fish you want. But if you don't, and you get two or three. You see that one fish while still in the water. You take it and dump, dump them. The don't drag yep. them all out of the water. Because uh-huh. if you're getting bit in the morning and you're not in the in the, in the later in the day and everybody else is still getting bit, well, most likely guys are rough on your bait and uh-huh. you're not presenting as well as you need to be, or your, or your boats. Bait well system sucks. Yeah, on Surreal, we have two transom wells that normally load with gogs, and normally mm-hmm. we'll fish gogs out of one side before we go to the other. Mm-hmm. I, like to, I like to do that. Very good yeah. idea. That's we have, smart. That way yeah. we have fresh baits for the afternoon. Yep. <laughs> yeah, even if, you know, all right, so I got to go from this side to dip over here. I don't care. Just keep right. that side fresh. Keep mm-hmm. 50 or 60 fresh baits over there for the afternoon bite. Smart. Yeah, it, makes, smart. it makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Same with our herrings. We have two herring wells. 
we'll pull out of one first and then we'll go that. And we we have a Ford well too that. So how many wells do you have total in there? Like fifty. I have five wells <laughs> on my boat. Yeah, five wells total. Nice. Four on mine. So Jim Ruback asks, how many cases of beer do you load on the boat? I, I promised I might ask the question. <laughs> I, I, I answered them on hey, Facebook. You answered them. Yeah, no, the, no in beer a, in the tournament. In the summer, not, not, in, no. not for my guys. Summer In the summertime, pretty much a case of beer per, per guy. Yeah. Okay. In the, you know, sailfish tournaments, I mean, we'll, we'll have beer on the boat, but nothing crazy. Right. And Jay Jones will take down a case, and Mike Gullo will take down seven cases. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then they've got three bottles of rum for backup when the – when all that's gone. So, and then so, the rest of the guys generally just wait for the rum. They'll, they'll usually start rum 1 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon, maybe a little later. Right. Which yeah. is so We got rum better. here, too, by the way. Yeah, my, my, guy, my, guys, will, my guys will nip at the beers during the day. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes it's like, if it's 10 o'clock, we have a bite. I'm like, somebody's got to have a beer. Somebody's got to take one for the team, well, you know? BL rally, dude. BL rally, Boys are all man. about it. Mm-hmm. Better Kit Kat rally, one or the other. Oh, boy. Like, sounds, give like, you a hit. sounds like McDonald's here. Was Cooper Smith probably done drinking by, like, noon, ready to go to sleep? Coop, Coop is always different, man. Sometimes he gets that steady flow going, and he yeah. can just, he can ride the wave. <laughs> all right, all right. So our our grand finale here. Uh, Steve Doherty asks. Oh, Steven. On the surreal fishing team with ten anglers and three spotters, how long does it take to cook five pancakes in eight seas? <laughs> <laughs> so. To, to clarify that, it's not pancakes, it's waffles. Waffles, all right. And uh, just now, like, now just hot dogs. Like, just like at home, it takes about three minutes to cook a waffle, right? Something like yep. that. And you got a hot dog maker for so the now, So now right. we officially have a hot dog maker, or a hot dog toaster, I guess you would call it. It looks okay. just like a toaster where everything goes in. So the buns go in wrapped in a hot dog and gets it nice and hot. That and is so awesome. I cannot wait to pop that thing out. Yeah. Awesome. We're going we're gonna to put it to work this weekend. Yeah. There was a question on there that I noticed that I, I didn't. I figured, what the hell, you're supposed to email them in. But the, the a guy was asking about about the hooks, the hooks. And I figured, why not? Well, I, didn't I, well, I, you know, I didn't see that one. Yeah, was, I was gonna. Yeah, I wasn't gonna go there, but I, wasn't I have sure no problem going there. There's it changes every day. <laughs> there's okay. no secrets. So yeah. the 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 secret was about the different size hooks for the, on the longs and the right. shorts. So forever I fished one size larger on my goggle eyes on the longs, and it, and with the VMCs it was sevens on the long sixes inside and. Early in the season, every now and then, years back, we used to fish some tiny little sardines when we were fishing a lot in Miami, and there were a lot of those smaller fish around in, in December, and even some in November when we were down there. And I'd go all the way down to Foro uh, Mustad, this tiny little thing. I mean, mm-hmm. you, could, you, could, you could straighten it out with your fingers. But So there were some some changes. Right now, I'm fishing all 6.0 VMCs in the kites and 5.0s in the spinners, and that's that. That's it. Yep. And so do, do, bending on conditions or anything, you're still just – Keeping There's scenarios where we'll go ultralight, mm-hmm. but it doesn't happen often. Yeah. We're always ready for it, but it doesn't happen often. Gotcha. Gotcha. How about you? I'm 6070 VMCs. Mm-hmm. Seven O's for the long gogs, and then six O's for everything else. Cool. Cool. Well, thanks for answering that question. So send in your questions. Email them. The sales are connected by water. We're doing this every month, right? And you, too, could be the winner of a Papa's Papa Migos prize back. And hopefully Pop- we'll have a condition where... Some neat stuff goes down where you, there's more to talk about rather than just trying to survive. I didn't see a tailor in the last I, actually, did, two I haven't seen a free jumper or a tailor in a tournament yet this year. Not one. I saw two floppers and two tailors in the same day on the oh. last day of the uh, the buck. Well, I didn't get to fish the buck. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So we got coming up. Um, so when get, is this going to air? This is, I don't, I don't know, that's up to whenever John can get it, get it all out of the Not before this weekend. 
Possibly. Oh, okay. No? Or you want it there on Monday? I can probably get it done Friday. We can probably post it until Friday evening. All right, good. All right. You want to tell me for the weekend? Huh? No, no, I was just going to talk about something, but I'm not going to talk about it now if it's going to go on for a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so so coming up now, we got the, the Cove tournament this weekend, mm-hmm. the IGFA light tournament, or light tackle tournament next weekend. Yep. Um, nice. Then we have uh, the boat show. Then we have uh, Sailfish Challenge. Mm-hmm. Then a week off, and then we have the Jimmy Johnson. And the Jimmy Johnson. It's just one week between the two? Yep. Wow, that's quick. Is that... A lot of bait fishing. Then we have a few weeks off, and then we have final sale, and then it's time to go meat fishing. That's it. Wow. Go to the so we are smack dab yep. in the middle of sailfish season right now. So Yes. All right. Um, anything else you guys want to add before we sign off? I'm going to bed. Going to bed. You guys are <laughs> tired. You earned it. So I'm going, right. to, I'm going to school at STEM night. Oh, Jesus. Are you going to school tonight? It's a science something math night at yeah? the girls' high school. Oh, so. nice. Cool. Very cool. Well, yes. you enjoy that, Dad. And um, we're going to check out. So I'm going to go home and have a taco night. There you go. Right? That was last night. I know, it's taco night every night at my house. <laughs> I love it. named our cat taco for crying Jesus. out loud. They love it so much. So, all right, cool. Your ego is not your amigo. Always do your best and let God do the rest. Remember, buy all your vehicles at Joey Cardi Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Right? And I mean that. Go see Dean. Tell him I sent you. I'll give you a great deal. All right? Always eat, drink, and be local. Do me a favor, connect, uh, check out ConnectedByWater.com, our site here at the studio. we got a lot of cool apparel and a lot of things for you to buy. Um, please support your local artist. And no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, we're always connected by water. Thank you, gentlemen. Yes, sir. My pleasure.